Okay, can you say something real quick? Just want to check the volume. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Perfect. <laughs> All right, well, we'll roll with that. So if you're ready, we will begin in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I'm actually really excited because I'm finally talking to Casey. Casey, how are you doing? Doing well. Doing How's it well. going? <laughs> and it's, it's Salamone, right? And so you say your name, last name? Yes. Awesome. Well, um, this has been, as I probably posted, a long time in the making. I know I wanted to talk to you like literally almost a year ago, but you know, uh, things happened and um, I guess what matters is we're here now. So, um, Time flies, right? It, it really does. Um, and it, it just seems like it's flying even faster now. Maybe it's an age thing or I don't know. It's like somebody just hit fast forward and um, holy crap, here we are. But um, let's... Uh, I guess let's catch up a little bit. So you are, where are you now? You're, are you in DC? No, I live in Jersey city. Jersey city. Okay. Yeah. New Jersey. And, um, is that where you're born and raised or I guess? Cause it's... No, in fact, I never would have thought in a million years I'd live here. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like growing up, uh, my parents, they're from like New York. So Jersey was like, kind of like an afterthought you know it was like a pass-through state gotcha and i would have I never thought it would be like a place i lived <laughs> i mean if it's if it's any consolation i never thought i'd live in phoenix i thought i was going to be a, a tucson boy my entire life and uh you never know where life takes you i guess um what what, what brings you out there now is, is it work related or why, like why do you yeah it's totally it's totally work related but um you know i'm in a good place right now and um i don't know if i'm gonna stay or make moves but um it's expensive out here i don't know (laughs) i'm always talking about moving on the table but i'm actually at a point in the career where like i don't really need to so you know i'm just kind of i think COVID actually like when everything shut down it kind of just made me like take a look at my situation and realize I did have it good. I think it did that for a lot of folks. Um, I, I got to ask you, so you being as active as you are, how did you survive COVID? Like, what was that like for you? Um, you know, so <laughs> to be honest, uh, COVID didn't affect me too much. Um, cause I was always outside anyway. Mm. And, um, when I guess when it originally hit, uh, this was like ground zero for COVID. It was like instant shutdown on everything. And um, and so all of a sudden people became very outdoorsy as well. Uh, but I just like, I got longer runs in, uh, to be honest. I was running instead of, you know, I run every day instead of like oh, yeah. a 5K, I'd get like a 10K in, you know? So um, with that, it made me like work out more. <laughs> But um, I was actually still working. I was one of the agencies, at least um, federal agencies that like worked, was like one of the last ones to shut down like operations like coming in. And then um, I was probably only out of work for like a month. And then they um, they brought us back. <laughs> so not, not too much changed for me. Gotcha. Um... I really want to get into the whole fitness thing, but uh, I got, and this, this is why I said earlier before we start recording, like why I need notes so I don't so I don't stray too far. Um, what uh, what team do you currently play for? Let's take it back to dodgeball real quick. Just 
case people oh, don't know. That's a good question. I've been a free agent. Um, you know, I only really started traveling for dodgeball last year. And so I've like free agented my, my way like throughout. And this year was kind of a late start for me. I, I got a bad start just due to just having surgeries and stuff. So I hopped on to uh, Boom Shakalaka for the women's team. Um, I'll probably play a little bit with them in Chicago coming up. Um, Austin for me this year was like very, very last minute. I didn't think I was going to go. And then um, I found out that was the last uh, cloth event. So I really wanted to get that in because I went to Atlantic City and that was like my first tournament back from surgery. So I was still kind of feeling things out. Um, so, you know, to answer your question, um, foam team, I've been playing with uh, Fembots out of Seattle. So, yeah, I mean, not a solid, solid um, team base out here on the East Coast. Gotcha. Did I... I sound like a creeper. Were you in Oregon recently? Like when you ran into Brandon Cook? No, he was actually out here in he New York. He was out there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like you're just, it seems like you're all over the place. So, um, are you like, Yeah, I do. I love, I love the travel. I mean, dodgeball gives me a really good reason to travel, but right. I do travel on my own too. But if anybody's ever in town, you know, I always just try to, to show them what's good around the area. Nice. I, I need to, Working my social skills because I, I I tend to hide, but uh, working on that. Um, <laughs> so boom, shakalaka, fanbots. Um, those are women's teams, right? So do you have a co-ed team? Yeah, it's already... not a solid co-ed team. Gotcha. Just taking notes here. Um, okay, and then when did you like actually start playing? Because um, I remember in last year. Um, I think it was Emily. Somebody somebody messaged me directly and said, "Hey, Casey is coming from out of town. Um, she wants to know about if there's any dodgeball. I think like in Tucson." And I said, "No, it's definitely in Phoenix." Or I, that's when I was in Tucson. And then um, I'm trying to remember like when like you showed up on my radar, for lack of better words. But like, when have you been like actively playing dodgeball? I would have to say, um, I go back. Yeah, I actually lived in LA for work um, for about two and a half years. And then that's when I first got a good taste of, of dodgeball. Like I didn't know it was people traveled for it and it was like competitive. And then, um, so I played like a season um, in LA. Um, shout out to uh, World Dodgeball Society. It was in uh, Westchester. Nice. Um, bunch of cool folks out there and then I would go to uh some open gyms I think it was in North Hollywood uh, I used to ride my bike up there and just park it right outside the gym and then um then I moved and then once I got my feet kind of settled here I figured you know uh then this was like what 2000 I want to say 2019 and um and then I played like a season in New York City but they ha they only had uh, eight point five, and then um, and then COVID happened, <laughs> and then uh, I guess during that, we would have like these outdoor. I used to play like as on the asphalt outdoors mm. in New York City. They would just kind of have it like every Saturday, just like a select group of people, and um, that kind of kept me going. And then 
started traveling. And I think what happened was uh, I went to like a Stonewall tournament in Virginia. And let's see, I went to Denmark to play. And then um, I found out uh, FDC in 2000, what was it, 2021? So that's when I really started like saying, oh, you know, you could really travel for this, right? 2021 FDC, November. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then I found out about Sin City. So it's kind of just like built on top of each other. I would love to say, oh, I have this uh, this deep, deep history with uh, dodgeball playing and, you know, I don't. <laughs> I don't, I just picked it up, found out, you know, where it was. And then I just like went head first all in. Nice. Yeah. So it's kind of cool listening to you discover these events that, you know, I've, I'd, I've known about Sin City since like 2016 and I thought I was late to the game. And then, um, I think FTC, I can't remember if they did like a 2020 before or during COVID. Um, I definitely remember 2021 hearing about that when I was overseas, um, so that's really cool though. So you kind of basically, you know, you went from World Dodgeball Society recreation to, you know, making the uh, the women's cloth practice team, right? Pretty much in like the span of what, four years maybe? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's all about progression and um, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for more. Yeah, I can definitely see that on your, uh, on your social media there. And congrats, by the way, that's... Uh, this makes sense. I remember um, when when we Thank played in, in Cactus, I was like, I was actually kind of nervous because I remember, you know, me, you and me would like throw together sometimes. I'm like, oh, I don't want to let her down. Like I'm all, I'm all slow and still getting back into it. But it just seemed like you, you just had this, this like, I don't know, this natural talent for picking up on on catches and reads and counters. Um, so I had a lot of fun playing with you. So hopefully I get to do that again in the near future. But um, I, I would have thought. You know, that was that was my first taste of Arizona dodgeball and I didn't know nice. it was like such a community out there. Yeah. Cactus has done a great job with that. It's a great community. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, I mean, we've, we've been playing for, for forever. So I don't know if you care too much about the history, but, um, before Cactus there was Phoenix dodgeball and kind of before and during there was AZ dodgeball. So there's, there's a lot of people that have just been there for, for years, but I think what Cactus has done really well has is uh, gone out and somehow recruited new people, but has convinced them to stay. And even even to this day, like even last night, the social media content that Kenny puts out is, is hilarious. And I think that's all that all ties into maybe that warm feeling that that you got. But um, I'm yeah. subscribed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep hearing a lot of people um, reaching out saying, man, Cactus is awesome. Who's doing their stuff? I'm like, oh, it's, it's Kenny and, and all them. So um, definitely keeping that keeping that going. Um, okay, so... Kenny did a great job on the Combine um, when they were like, uh, they had the video of like who made the team and all that. Like, I thought that was like pretty dope how they did that. I don't know how they used to announce it in the past. Like, I have nothing to compare it by, but... I thought that that like video production of it was like really cool. When, when was that? Like just recently? The, um, last year's combine. Oh, last year's, uh, the U S yeah. The USA announcement. I'm trying to remember that. I, I remember, 
a couple of videos, like vignettes. I think I remember Rachel doing something really cool. And I, I remember like Katie Sanchez, like getting ready to, to do some squats. So I've seen, I've seen Kenny's work. I, I know he does wonders. He's very phenomenal, but, uh, I'm trying to remember that, but, uh, yeah, it's, there's just a lot of talent here to, to pull from. Um, what was I going to say? Um, backing I up was originally out there for a work trip, um, and then I hit up um, Tiffany. Tiffany's the one that took me to the um, the league night, so I'm really happy I got to be able to play on your team. Uh, Tiffany's awesome. She made it too, didn't she? One, one of the yes, practice she squads? Did. Yeah, that's... That's all Yazzie. I Well, Tiffany, she cracks me up. Um, do you, uh, I don't know if this, this applies since you kind of are more of a free agent right now, but but do you have like a, an established number? And if you do, like, is there a significance to it? A number? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I usually put four or 44 on my shirt. It has nothing really to do with like, well, I guess it does have to do with sports. Well, basically, um, it actually has to do with a subway train. Uh, so it's the number four train in New York City, and it goes from Brooklyn to the Bronx. And my uh, my family are, is like diehard Yankee fans, hmm. like diehard. <laughs> so four always stood out for me as a kid, and so I always stuck with that. And if it's taken, I'd take 44. Gotcha. Why, why the... <clears throat> Why the number four train, or I guess I'm missing the significance between that and Yankee fans. Oh, because, um, you know, the Yankee Stadium is in the Bronx. And then my um, oh, okay. my dad's side of the family is um, in Brooklyn. So to get there, you would have to take something along that line, maybe the six, but definitely the number four train gotcha. would get you there. At least the, um, the old Yankee Stadium. I'm not sure about the new Yankee Stadium. Gotcha. Are you are you a Yankees fan? Uh, yeah, I would uh, definitely claim the Yankees. Um, but it's been a while actually. I went overseas. I kind of lost track of the lineup. Um, you know, but I know growing up, I was definitely like my parents made me choose an alliance like at a very young age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Um, <laughs> you yeah. have a team? Uh, I'm not a not a baseball fan. Um. I do, I can't even say I do occasionally on a rare, rare occasion, I'll, I'll catch a Diamondbacks game here live. And I remember, oh yeah, baseball's actually kind of fun to watch in person. I should do this more, but then, you know, that was four years ago. So, <clears throat> but, uh, I feel like it's gotten slow. Like I lost interest, um, actually like sitting down, I think just in general, I just like got to be like the type of person that just can't sit still for long. <laughs> And then, like, like going to a game, um, it, it's like I'd rather do other things with my time. <laughs> but I'll go every now and then for, like, a bobblehead. They're giving out, like, a bobblehead night or something. Yeah, I think I think the only game I, I actually want to go to is a Savannah Bananas game. I don't know if you've seen them showing up on no, social media. No, what is that? <laughs> They're like this AAA team out of um, Savannah, Georgia, and they're, I don't know if this is going to offend actual baseball players, but they're, they're more into the comedic, like showboating type stuff. But like they've, they've got like a, a dude batting on stilts. They'll do like three pitchers dancing. 
they'll do just a bunch of weird shenanigans and um it just looks like fun and because their their social media is is pretty much on point right now i think they're getting a lot of attention so i would i would do that um because I, I think I'm just more for the experience. Like, I, <laughs> like my my favorite baseball game of all time was watching the uh, the Doosan Bears in Seoul, Korea. Like that was awesome. Like I, I I can't. Have you ever caught a baseball game overseas? Yeah, actually, uh, it's for the Tokyo Tigers in Japan. That must be cool. The Oakland Athletics. Um, I mean, obviously, it's the it's not like like the fans are not like the U.S. fans. <laughs> it's very quiet. <laughs> really? At least, yeah. The the game that I went to is very quiet. I mean, I guess I just I went there for the experience with a friend. Yeah. Um, like obviously I'm not um an Oakland A's fan, but or a Tokyo Tigers <laughs> fan, but I did want to just kind of check it out. And this was um this was years ago. I mean, um, remember uh. I don't want to say the beer was free, but it it was like, it was a lot of beer and there were a lot of like drunk people, but they weren't like loud drunk people. Like American drunk people. Yeah. Like they weren't like, from what I could tell, they weren't talking smack or anything. They were just drunk and falling over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When I went in, uh, how was the game in Korea? It it was, it was awesome. Like I got a big dopey smile on my face just thinking about it. But I remember it was such a matter of, or after the fact kind of thing for us because we hit up a, a bar nearby, and um, we we just decided we're gonna go catch a baseball game. And I, I'm I'm realizing this now. Like we were literally in the capital of Korea, and we just decided to go to a game, and we managed to get in. And um, <laughs> I remember my friend bought um, uh, like squid tentacles. Um, for, like fried calamari, I guess for for, for his uh, for his snack, and I've, I'm double fisting beers. And I'm like, what are you like? What are you doing, man? And he's like, uh, I just want to try something new. And then when he got him served to him, he just had like this look of not like <laughs> not like disgust, but just like he didn't he didn't realize what he got, and he just looked so bewildered. And that already like set the mood for me. I was already laughing at him, and then um, yeah, the game was just it was just I don't know, it was just different. Like um, the energy was like from the first inning all the way to the very end, just nonstop. It was very organized. Like every time players would take the field, um, you know, like the opposing teams, cheerleaders, I guess, or I forgot how they called them, but they would um, just get the crowd super hyped and like the whole, everyone participated. Like I, I think heaven forbid there might be a video of me trying to engage as well. And um, it was just a lot of fun. I just, I just couldn't believe like that, I don't know. I'm. I, I don't really have anything to compare it to here in the states, but I know I've seen enough baseball games where people don't act like that. It was, it was just. It was just a lot of fun. And if I could, I, I will do that again. Like I, I like seeing a another game is on my bucket list. Going to Japan, and seeing another baseball game there is on my bucket list too. It was just just a different experience and um, a lot of fun. And also, I, I love the <clears throat> their logo. It's just a really cool looking letter d and i ended up getting one and when i brought it home people were like oh, oh is, that, that, is that d for damon i'm like yeah you know it kind of is because no one's gonna know what a, a dusan bear is but uh it's like a little inside joke i've got i still have that hat but um yeah i mean i kind of want to get into it's cool it's memorable yeah oh yeah no it's it's like seared in my memory that was like maybe 
11 years ago already. Dang. Speaking of time flying, geez. Um, <clears throat> so are, are you, uh, are you, are you cool to talk about like what you do? I think you mentioned something on the federal side. I've always really just been curious. Um, are you okay to talk about that or? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I can talk about it briefly. Um, you know, I'm a, a federal investigator. Um, nice. Work for just three letter agency, uh, considered like internal affairs. Um, we give polygraphs. Um, when I was out in LA, I was actually working for an intelligence agency another three-letter agency and um so i was never one of those people that was like oh i want to be in law enforcement i was never one of those people it just kind of like fell into my lap um so when i was out in la um i was running polygraphs and stuff for the uh the agency the cia in the nro and then um i was applying to a bunch of different things at the time um, I was busy in LA when I did live out there. I, I barely had time to, to enjoy myself. Um, but you know, I was, I was on my grind for sure. And, um, when this opportunity came up, um, you know, it just hit all the right wickets. Um, it was, a you know, higher pay. It was a paid move. I was going back home, uh, to the East coast. I could be closer to my family. Um, you know, my father was declining a little bit. He still kind of is, <laughs> mm. but, um, you know, it was just, it was just like important. And then my agency in itself, the management was like, they were kind of mean. <laughs> I just wanted to get out of there, <laughs> but you know, I did what I needed to do out there. Um, it's just, uh, I was ready to go. I mean, I don't, I didn't really know anybody in LA. So you feel just, but, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, but to, to answer your question, I, I, I tend to like have ADHD. I'm sorry. But, um, the, um, the gist of what I do is, um, you know, it's internal to, um, Department of Homeland Security. So I deal with a bunch of different agencies, um, everything that falls under that umbrella. CBP, Secret Service. Uh... That's really cool. Um, got some questions for you, maybe offline. Um, <laughs> and you were your military, right? Yeah, I was prior military. Navy or? Absolutely, yep. Yeah, I think you, I think you told me in person. Um, care to talk, care to talk about that at all? A little bit, just like what you did yeah. and how long and. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I, I joined, um, enlisted and I was enlisted the whole time. Uh, so it was called a boat to me. Um, I drove boats. It was a lot of physical labor. Actually, it's a lot of leadership roles. Um, but there's a lot of physical labor. It's very sleep deprived. <laughs> so some things just never change. Um, but I did it for nine years. I was stationed first in Japan. Uh, so I traveled like all over the world over there. So I was in Japan for three years. Um, probably two months after getting there, I was like in every country. I was the, on the type of command too, where we didn't spend a whole lot of time on the water because it was a like a public relations boat. So it was more like if the Admiral wanted to go Christmas shopping, he'd take his crew to like Hong Kong. So it was like wow. we weren't underway for too long. 
but we were traveling a lot. So it was like Hong Kong, Singapore, Malaysia, like Thailand, the Philippines, Taiwan, Russia, Australia. It was all that region. So that was for like three years. And then um, I was stationed in San Diego and then um, uh, Washington State. And then I transferred over uh, to the Naval Academy. So I taught there. I was an instructor out there. And then um, I got out. Dang, I'm jealous. Um, what, what's the coolest place you've been to? Like country, I guess. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, you've been overseas, right? A few times, yes. You, obviously, yeah. You, you, we were just talking about Korea. Um, I would tell a story. I did this at nationals. I was at dinner telling a story uh, that was overseas and they just like did not believe me, you know, but uh, probably coolest place I've been to. Um, it's funny when you're over there, the more Americanized a place is, the more, the, the more, the more boring it is, if that makes sense, because like in Japan, probably Japan just being stationed there was cool. Um, when we traveled, I would say I had a pretty good time in Thailand. It was, it was a good time, but it was also very eye-opening and it made me very, it gives you a new perspective about, um, being an American. Like the appreciation aspects. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we're, it's like a, it's a third world country. You know, we come in, you know, I think tourism is probably about probably 30% of their, their income, you know, in yep. the country. So, um, you know, the money goes a, a lot farther out there, but you know, you see a lot of things too in these, um, these third world countries, right? So you see kind of the underbelly of, uh, what goes on overseas too. So very, very eye opening. It wasn't all just, you know, work and play. It was just uh, experiencing culture and stuff like that. So in Thailand, I mean, you could eat Thai food here and think you can handle spice, but when you eat it over there, it's like oh, on geez. another level. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Like, I'm such a, I, I thought it, I thought I had like good spice tolerance, but um, Thai food, I'm just like, no, I can't do it. <laughs> Yeah, I, man, I just, uh, I like to actually taste my food for the next couple of weeks instead of just being suffering miserably, but I mean, kudos <laughs> to people that can handle it. And then the water over there is like, they pour it from a bottle because that's the only safe way to drink it. Right. Yeah. And it was just, it was so slow. It was like, I was like dying. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but you, know, you, could, um, you could, you could hire a driver out there for 40 bucks and they'll take you anywhere you want to go. They'll wait for you while you eat everything you know it's, it's crazy one of my um one of my soldiers like just i don't want to say he didn't come home because it sounds terrible but he i guess he made plans to just move to thailand and uh he was telling some of the some of his uh you know um some of his buddies he's got like a personal chef he's got a a driver slash you know butler person and um, 
you know, he's living like a king out there and it's just, it's crazy how much, um, how much, uh, you know, if our money can, how far it can go out there. Um, but I definitely like what you said about the, um, you know, when you, when you get to see these other countries, you, you tend to just have a better appreciation for, you know, how things are here. Cause that's obviously, um, I think that's, that's, that's lost a lot. And, you know, the places I've been, I'm, I'm always grateful that, uh, you know, I'm here and I don't have to ever worry about people I love and care about living in, in, in such a, such a fashion, such a, such a manner. Um, before it gets too real, um, what was your favorite, favorite place in Japan? Um, Japan would probably be, it'd probably be Yokohama. Yokohama for, uh, shopping. There was this like fondue place I used to go to right by the train station. Actually, it was a little bit in the cut and I'd always go on dates out there. <laughs> but um, I had a I had a really good time um, and it was it was kind of close. It wasn't like deep into Tokyo. So it was like it was like a quick, quick train ride. Say that part of Japan. I also like Shibuya. I mean, at the oh, time God, I was yes. younger, so I used to go clubbing a lot. Shibuya had like some really cool parties. Did you ever I go to going, um what go where? No, go ahead. You're you're saying. Oh, uh, I was saying uh to um uh, I was like uh chatting with uh Lucas and uh we were I was talking about the API and I was asking him, you know, are you going straight shot or whatever and he said something about Japan and I was telling him, you know, Shibuya is a cool party spot. They have the the largest uh crosswalk in the world. That's all. <laughs> it just made me think of that. <laughs> oh man, I went to. Uh, I was gonna ask if you've ever been to Rapungi. Oh yeah. That is. Oh yeah, Rapungi. <laughs> <laughs> I made. Oh man. So this is my enlisted Air Force days. Um, and mind you, I'm surrounded by, you know, this gigantic dude named uh, my buddy Sour. He's uh, he's actually still in the Air Force, but he's like six three, stuck out like a sore thumb. Hated it. And it was hilarious because uh, the next year we went to Germany and he loved it because he's like, oh, I'm with my people. I'm where I fit in. <laughs> but I remember just being, um, God, I can't, I can't believe I'm actually going to admit this. Um, I remember just being surrounded by them and we were in this like um, multicultural, multinational themed bar in Rapungi. And um, I think I just said out of nowhere, I was very drunk, mind you, and younger. And I was like, you know what? I'm so sick of us having to be ashamed of being Americans. This is BS. Like we all know we're the best and like everybody models our culture. And, you know, I, I really feel like we just need to stop being so humble all the time. And, uh, I was sitting next to these, <laughs> these Germans <laughs> and, uh, they looked at me and then one of them, I'm, I'm going to butcher this accent. Maybe they're Germans or, or I don't know, they, but they said, you know what? You're right. And they, and then they just bought us beers and we, we talked about it and then we asked like where each other were from. And they asked my buddy sour and, and my friend Kessel and they're like, Oh, we're from California. Like, Oh yeah, California's awesome. You know, how's the golden gate bridge and how's LA, how's Hollywood, all this stuff. And they're like, Hey, where are you from, man? And I was like, Oh, I'm from Arizona. And they're like, ah, the land of nothing. And I was like, how dare you? <laughs> like, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't even know what I was on. Like, I, I know I did it for a reason. It made sense in my mind. Uh, I wasn't trying to be that guy, but I was almost that guy. But thankfully, um, I was able to turn into a positive. And I just remember just thinking, probably never say that again. And then also just be grateful you didn't get jumped. But um, Japan was awesome. Um, I remember that that crazy uh, diagonal sidewalk or uh, cross streets. And 
Yeah, I definitely go back there at some point. Rapungi was like, I remember you could take the express train there. And then I don't think the trains ran back again until, because I was stationed in Yokosuka, and the trains didn't run back till like maybe 5 a.m. But you could literally make it like back on a duty day. <laughs> and you might feel your tiredness from, from the weekend of partying by like 1 p.m. <laughs> but Rapungi had, uh, I don't know if they still call it um, that anymore, but they used to have those Taliban taco stands. Oh, jeez. It's basically a, a halal stand. Yeah. Where they carve the meat, but I, I remember largely being called uh, Taliban taco stands. I don't know if that was like just a ignorant American thing or what, but maybe I remember they were like they were like all over, and it was like the perfect drunk food. I remember uh, I remember seeing them. I don't I don't remember hearing Taliban taco stands though, but I know I know what you're talking about. I definitely stared at them very drunkenly with just <laughs> that hunger. Um, <laughs> Oh man, I was gonna ask you something about Rapungi. Um, what, what's the electronic city Akihabara? Akihabara. Yeah, yeah. That was my favorite. I actually, also. I didn't, I didn't make it out there too much. Um, have you ever been to Harajuku? Yes. Harajuku is pretty cool experience the, in seeing that that culture and that that fashion. Just like the ritzy part of, like I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm dirtying your sidewalk with my filthy shoes, my peasant <laughs> shoes. Yeah. Did you yeah, ever... overseas is where it's at. I mean, the partying even was like way different than the U.S. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting the bug back now. I want to go somewhere. <laughs> I will be going somewhere next month, so I'll get that settled. But, um, are you? Have you ever been to to Fusa or Yokota Air Base? Because that that's where I was for a brief moment. I've been to Yokota, but like it was briefly. Gotcha. It was like to refuel, and then that was it. It wasn't like I could like go out and enjoy the town. Gotcha. And I've been to um, the uh, what's the marine base out there? Um, it's been so long. It feels like a whole lifetime ago. Like I know I got out in uh, 2015. Yeah, man, you're digging up all these memories. Um... Yeah. So I've come a long way. I mean, I, it's it's crazy um, to even think about how much time I've done. And, and like, I commend you for, uh, I commend anybody doing more than like one or two enlistments. <laughs> yeah, we're just uh, Stockholm Syndrome, trauma bonding, and we're <laughs> gluttons for punishment. Um, there's this, I'll just send it to you, but there's my, my favorite meme is like, hey, bro, so why did you re-enlist? And it shows like this, um, you've, you've probably seen it, just, vet humor but it's like a super hard shell crab that like just exists in the depths of the ocean and it and it just <laughs> says the creature has adapted to the crushing weight and oppressive darkness and that is uh <laughs> that is me i am i am that creature and uh yeah i just i can't uh i thought i was going to be done last year and that, that was part of like my whole little uh i remember you saying that yeah i remember thinking that um but here i am and then um Got some other stuff coming up that kind of goes against what I thought, but uh, just kind of playing it a month at a time. And I mean, they just keep pulling me back. And I'm just like, yeah, well, till something else happens, maybe I'll just keep keep doing this. And um, but I realized, like, for me, I even when I was a younger enlisted airman, I I always wanted to be a captain. Like that was like my lifelong dream. And 
I achieved that. And so now I'm just having this like midlife crisis, like, man, I didn't, uh, I didn't think I'd make it this far. I don't know what to do now. And, um, the staff officer life is, is very sad. Like there's a, there's a really hilarious, sad, sad officers meme page that I follow on Instagram <laughs> and sad majors is like speaking my language already. I feel it. Um, but anyway, uh, that's amazing though. When you can go from enlisted, enlisted to commissioned, right? You're commissioned, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Got... So when you go from, from that, instead of just jumping in as commissioned, like you get a lot more respect. I know that, you know, I never understood that. Like, and thank God I went the way I did because in high school, you know, I refused to talk to recruiters. Um, cause all my friends are joining. Cause that's what you do in Tucson. And like, so are you going to, you going to list Steve as a lot of my friends join the Navy and they would come back and they'd say, you know, they, the upperclassmen would come back and try to, you know, get the, the, the new upperclassmen. And I'm like, no, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go officer first. Uh, that's, that's where I want to go. And they're like, no man, you should totally enlist. Like they'll respect you more. And I, I swear to God, and I hate to say this, I, my little words were, but I'm going to be an officer. They have to respect me anyway. And, uh, whew, man, <laughs> it would have been. It would have been one of those guys um, if I didn't, you know, <laughs> let life hit me a few times first, get a better head on my shoulders and, you know, just experience life on the other side. And I, I know for a fact it definitely gave me a better appreciation for understanding what, um, you know, what, what things to go through. It probably, and, it, it probably made you a better leader for sure. I mean, you know, when you going straight commission, I mean, because like I taught at the Naval Academy, so I saw it. I saw it in the making, you know. Yeah. Um, these, these are, you know, uh, was the first year, like, um, uh, midshipmen, you know, going out into the fleet and, um, and they don't really have the understanding of like the, the grit and the grind of an enlisted, you know? So yep. I totally get it. Yeah. And it, it's, I mean, the rumor is I'm, I'm pretty good at it. Like, I'm not going to get into it unless if Hooch is listening, he's probably going to call me out because I actually served with him. But, um, it, it definitely it, it just, it, I know it helped a lot. And then, um, it's funny cause even to this day when people are like, you know, cause they look at my gray hair and I probably look like I should be a Lieutenant Colonel at this point. And they're like, so, uh, so Captain Damon, are you, uh, you know, are you prior service? I'm like, yeah, I used to be enlisted air force. And the first question is like, why the hell did you leave the air force for the army? And then the other question is, uh, or they, they, their attitude changes. Like when they find out that I was prior enlisted, they're like, you can tell that they're, you can see the respect just kind of show up all of a sudden. So definitely glad I went that route. Um, so if you don't mind asking, what, what rank did you, uh, did you, did you retire or you just like ETS or like how did, how did Oh no, I did. I did. I got out, you just um, got out after like two, two enlistments. It was, um, it was actually a poor, um, year that I joined cause you know, it goes by Manning. And sometimes, um, like I wasn't able to get out of what I did. I like, I was a lot smarter than what I did, you know? So <laughs> I wanted to be able to like do something a little bit more like crypto oh, and uh, I couldn't get into it. Like I, I raised my scores so that way I could qualify. And then, um, but they weren't releasing people out of that year group. And so I was kind of stuck and it was either, I actually had orders to be, um, uh, like a drill instructor. So that would have been really like career enhancing, but then I knew like I'd be stuck in that like specific job after, even after I did that tour, 
so then I was just like, and then it was going to be in Virginia. So then I was like, no, I'm out. <laughs> no, I'm done. Let me, let me do it before I hit that like midway point. And then I, um, then I'm like, it's downhill from here. <laughs> I can see you as a, do, do they call them drill instructors in the, in the Navy? They call them, um, RDCs, recruit division commanders, but it's the equivalent of a drill instructor. Gotcha. Well, um, if you don't mind asking if you can remember, what was, what was the hardest part of, ba of basic for you? Mm, just the, um, let's see. <laughs> One part was uh, a lot of shin splints in marching, um, with these heavy boots. Everybody has a different stride. Um, so that like working through that pain, I guess, <laughs> uh, another thing swimming uh vault branches to join you know um almost drowned when i was like four yeah so it was never uh something that like i'd be uh, i still to this day just feel comfortable just bobbing my head in like four foot water and just chilling <laughs> <laughs> you know but it kind of um i was almost held back because like they push you off this uh this diving board and you have to hold your nose a certain way. And I think my nail, um, I was holding my nose so, so hard that my nail like made my skin bleed, hmm. you know, dug, dug in. And so as soon as they saw the blood, they were like, get out of the water. And then they like pushed me back into this, uh, like remedial training. <laughs> I was like, oh crap, I'm never going to get out of here. Right. So I like had to take extra, um, classes to just, and you know, it, it did teach me to get like really comfortable in the water. So. Um, I got, uh, so swimming, just physical pain, marching. Um, and then another tough thing was, um, memorizing like general orders verbatim. Um, they were very like wordy and lengthy and there were like, like 12 of them or 15 of them, something like that. So they, you had to kind of like know that. So, um, yeah, so a little, little of everything, a little physical, a little mental. I mean, they tend to like break you down and try and build you up type of thing. But um, no one particular thing was the toughest for me. It was all tough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the point, right? And just to induce stress and indoctrination and just see who can hack it and who can't. Um, what, just what, coming back, coming back to like uh, your hometown, and then just seeing how life changed. What was that like? Like people looking at you differently, uh, was, or no? It was just uh, like life just moved on, and it just felt like like I had no connection. Yeah, I can relate with that a little bit. It had been, it had been about like five years since I had um, actually uh, gotten a little bit closer to home you know, cause I was overseas and then I was on the West coast. And then before I got back to the East coast, by the time I got back to the East coast, I try to like, you know, visit, visit friends and stuff. And it was just like, it seemed like life was like a hundred miles an hour on my end, but it was like, it was like 40 miles an hour when I got home, but things still changed. Like life still went on. People got married. They had kids, things like that. Did you ever, um, did you ever like deploy or is, is like, I forget what it's called. Um, like, like how does the Navy deploy in, you just go on, um, 
I can't even think right now. Um, it it depends on like your I guess it depends on like your your unit, but like for me, I actually volunteered to uh, deploy. I volunteered to go to uh, Afghanistan when I was at the Naval Academy. And then I think they ended up choosing out of like a different unit. So I missed kind of like my opportunity to do that. But no, I've never been in like a crazy war zone. I was going to ask, like, what, what the heck are you doing in Afghanistan? Like, <clears throat> we had a Coast Guard out there. Probably like boat security or something like that. Isn't uh, man, like geography's terrible all of a sudden. <laughs> we could talk forever about like the military. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we should get back to dodgeball. I just I just remember like seeing <laughs> the Coast Guard out there one time in the gym. I'm like, what are you guys? What are you guys here for? <laughs> like, and this is you know the Air Force uh, asking them. <laughs> so it's not like we really had much to stand on, you know, working out next to these beefy Marines and, and soldiers. But uh, anyway, yeah, I should probably get back to dodgeball. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we'll we'll be off again, but uh I know we're we we are going to we're gonna have a beer over this for sure. Yeah, definitely <laughs> there's a there's a lot being left unsaid, so um I look forward to that. Uh all right, well going back to Dodgeball, um what what was when when like what was your first experience with Dodgeball? Was it was it with World Dodgeball Society? Did you play as a kid or you know how what was like your first yeah, just the first time you you've actually played? Or when? Um, I mean, the first time I I played, let's see. Yeah, the first time I played was probably, probably like in elementary school, you know, like everybody else, right? But I barely remember that. And um, in Westchester, I had just finished my master's. I think I was I was going through a breakup. And then I just like had a bunch of time on my hands and I wanted to just be out. I didn't even know what to do with myself once I finished um, school. And um, I saw, a, I think I saw a, maybe like it was an ad or something. And I checked it out because it was kind of close by to where I lived at the time. And yeah, it was a cool community. Um, I think it was like, just like a newbie open gym night or something. And then I got picked up for a team. And, you know, it seems so long ago because so much has happened in between that, that like, I, I barely remember it, but I do remember, you know, just some of the people that I saw um, and met and talked with. And then um, they were telling me that like, that's their like laid back version. Like I didn't realize, I didn't, it, nothing clicked until I actually like started playing a little bit competitively, <laughs> you know? So when I look back in hindsight, um, that was my start. And then by the time, like I moved, I had switched ball types because in New York City, um, it was largely 8.5. So I would say my start happened in 2000, maybe t between 2018 and 19. Gotcha. And then there was a there was a big break, and then New York, maybe a season 8.5, season or two. And then a big break <laughs> with some like low key underground playing outside and maybe some tournaments in, in PA, like, like kind of like off the radar type of thing. And then that's when I met a lot of like more um, people that um, play competitively. And then once you kind of rub shoulders, it's like every time I go home, I'd get like, like 20 new friend requests. <laughs> 
And it was just like, oh, okay, you know. And then sometimes it'd be people that like don't say boo to you, you know, they just request you. Like I'm like, yeah. oh. And then I started seeing, oh, this is like a huge uh, community, right? So I didn't realize um, I had um, originally was originally invited to go to the. I guess they had their national. They were gonna have nationals in Boston before things shut down. So I was gonna play with Goat and um never happened obviously so um i got into meeting some more women that play um through some pennsylvania tournaments and then i don't know i guess it i got hungry a little bit more for it and started looking at other tournaments to i guess you know it, it was probably more so word of mouth hey did you hear about this tournament and if there was like close enough by like if i could drive to it and i would check it out so one one thing just led to another. <laughs> so the more people I met, the more like I got exposed to it. Definitely sounds like it, especially when you're talking about how you discovered these these big events one after the other. Um, are, you, are you by chance talking about like the the Kyle Roth tournaments back in the kind of pandemic times? Yeah, I mean he would hold some some like I don't know, like on the scale like if you put it on the scale of uh, you know what's out there now um you know they were just kind of mini low-key tournaments but at the time it was the only thing going yeah right so you know to play at a level where you have people that you know throw harder they're smarter on the court vice you know just um playing you know in the street with uh some people from from my rec um league you know um i mean that was fun too that that was all 8.5 that was on the asphalt and that really kept me going on a Saturday. Um, there was a guy, Steve major that invited me to those tournaments. And then, uh, I met, I don't know if you're familiar with some of the goat guys. I know you've, um, you've probably talked to Justin, Justin Bosch. Yeah. Talked to Justin quite a bit. Um, yeah. yeah. And then, um, have you, ever, uh, you know, Edgar. Yep. Talked to him yeah. for a long time. Actually I had a, I had like an actual podcast episode with him that was like like three hours long, and then had an offline conversation with him that was like three hours long. Um, <laughs> guy's awesome to talk Edgar's to. A, yeah, Edgar's a cool guy. Um, so we used to ride together to the tournament, and um, I was, you know, it's funny because one of the questions on the one of the questions that were that was listed, I guess, under the hey, does anybody have any questions um, on the Facebook thing mm -hmm. on the Facebook post? One of them was like, who are some other people that influence you? And what I would say is that it's, um, it's always been a, it's always been critique has always stood out more than praise for me. Um, but in the initial starting to play and getting a skill set down, I would say Edgar, he taught me a lot and I don't think he even know, knew that he taught me a lot. I just like, so soaked everything up like a sponge. Um, hmm. but we were talking, and we were actually, we went to one practice, uh, pra we met up in the city, we practiced a little bit and, and, you know, he, he was really the one that like, kind of like dissected how I threw and like was teaching me better ways to like pump fake and stuff like that. And then, um, one thing that stuck out for me was, um, it was actually like not dodgeball related, but I kind of related to dodgeball and, that I think he he was also like an actor 
And so I was asking him, you know, hey, what's it like? Uh, have you met, uh, you know, a celebrity? Like, I think he was on like, uh, you know, had a had a casting or a showing for like a like a soap opera or something like that. And he was like basically telling me, you know, they, you know, you can be starstruck for like five seconds, but then like after that, you know, you better get down to business. Basically, he's hmm. like, you know, you're 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 a professional, right? Like, yeah. hit your mark. And I look at that as like, I kind of look at that like dodgeball, like, you know, hey, you, you play competitively, right? Like hit your target, <laughs> you know? So I would, that always like stuck out for me. Yeah, he just, yeah, he's, um, but I've seen him a couple times after, but, um, you know, he moved and then kind of things like the formats changed. So I haven't, I haven't seen him in a really long time. That's too bad. Um, he definitely, I mean, I just from the conversations I had with him, really cool guy. Um, mm. and, and the more I hear about him, I'm like, yeah, it definitely continues to that trend. And um, I remember one thing I was kind of jealous of was um, Justin would talk about how he and Edgar, when they would do their road trips to various tournaments, they would just talk dodgeball. And I'm like, man, to be a fly on the wall for that and just capture, you know, like a like an impromptu episode would have been cool. Cause you can only just imagine the back and forth between those two. And, um, but. Oh yeah. Like when the format changed, I think, you know, when it came, when it became, they needed three girls. That's when like I came into the picture, but, um, yeah, I mean, they both have been, they both like um, some OGs in, in my eyes. So definitely. Um, Go back to, to dodgeball, like what, uh, like what was it that like just hooked you, you know, um, that made you decide like, yeah, I like the sport or this is fun or I want to keep playing or I want to push myself to get better. Um, you know, ultimately it's fun. Ultimately, um, I find it to be like, it's, it's like, it's so basic, but it's not, you know? Like there's such a dynamic that in between you gotta like find yourself. Um, I think what hooked me um, was just like the 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 competitiveness of it, and just seeing you know and working towards you know where I, where I fall on that. Um, I'm like forever working on myself. Um, um, I'm never totally happy with how I play. Um, but I think what hooked me the most was, um, probably just like, not like the, the limitedness of it and then having to find it. And then when I did find it, it just felt like tenfold better. Like it was that much more like meaningful, you know? Um, so probably my first, uh, Let's see. Just being picked up right away in just a, a rec league, you know, it just made me feel good. And then I said, okay, well, they got they have to have it in New York. Um, funny story, when I went to New York to check it out, they were actually having, they were filming for like hard copy. Remember that show, Hard Copy? I don't think I've ever seen it. And yeah, they, they were filming for some sort of news show and they were actually using a cloth ball, right? Hmm. And they had some guy with a GoPro like helmet 
and and it was based off of something that Michelle Obama said. She made some sort of comment that like made like Canada something about like I don't know if she said it or uh, you know basically like dodgeball promotes bullying or something like that. So that's like my first day coming into like an open play in New York City, and here they are playing with this ball, and then like they're trying to make it really quiet so it doesn't like echo into the like the sound doesn't echo the camera like the the audio on the camera so that's why they use the cloth ball so i was just like oh this is because this is my first impression of new york style dodgeball <laughs> i'm just like huh you know um so that was kind of like they're like oh no this isn't normal this isn't <laughs> this isn't what we usually do so um but it got me hooked basically the to, to, to travel um and to to do well i guess like the the teams that uh the people that i played with um they all wanted you know they all wanted to win you know so <laughs> like it made it made me like step up my competitiveness and you know i like that so tournaments that really like were, were not like usa dodgeball tournaments they were like they there was like a stonewall tournament and then um and then it was like a the fdc tournament and then i found out oh they took pictures even at these tournaments like this is like the real deal <laughs> like i was so i still feel so new to things but now i've been to enough tournaments where i'm like oh okay now it's more like um for me now at this point it's like traveling um like this year my goal was to check out tournaments in canada and see what that scene was like. Um, I got off topic. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, it's. I mean, it kind of kind of answers the question. It seems like <clears throat> the hook has been just how it feels to play the competitive the competitiveness, and then challenging yourself, and then just also like the doors that just keep opening for you, and then obviously the travel. Cause it seems like that's definitely something you love to do. So. Um, plus it's like i always just feel like you can like like for me i always felt like there's just so much more to it than just throwing oh yeah there's there, there, i mean in in the span of just a few seconds there's so much happening that you know <clears throat> anywhere from one to 12 people are trying to to make happen or focused on um it's wild. I mean, just all the variables that are out there too. It's, I don't know. It, I've been playing for a very long time and games still feel somewhat new to me, uh, in some capacity, like I'm not going to rag on any conventional sports, but you know, you can only, I feel like you can only play so many games of baseball before, you know, you've, you've kind of seen it all right. Um, but dodgeball just doesn't feel like that yet for me. That's good. <clears throat> yeah. Unfortunately, I'm, that's good. I almost like wish I found this younger. <laughs> this probably would motivate me a little bit to travel a lot too. It was just I felt like I I still feel like I have catching up to do. Like I said before, I wish I had that background of oh, you know, we used to play in cash tournaments and things like that. Like I don't have that background. <laughs> oh man. I feel like I found I, I feel like um like I'm off the street. <laughs> the good if that old, makes sense. The good old wild days of <laughs> just grabbing just four bodies and some somebody's girlfriend to play dodgeball just so you can make the requirements and you made 500 bucks that day you were you know a legend man those are 
<laughs> I keep saying it like we we have come so far and it, it is fun for me to be able to to go back to that sometimes back and forth and just appreciate the um <clears throat> the progression but also you know the history behind it all because i guess i'm a sap for that but uh no you know as a newer player like for me because like last year i consider like first usa tournament was like last year for me right so like i don't have the knowledge base of of some of these like veteran players out here right but i, I still respect the history of it you know because it's still evolving like i still see it evolving right even from you know getting on the same page as the international you know ball types and role sets you know so yeah it's still evolving it's still growing and that's exciting you know that's always like a really positive thing definitely is uh yeah i mean just just in the span of we kind of started playing 20 years ago obviously obviously dated just just dated myself um let's see 2020 or 2003 summertime so when we first started playing quote-unquote dodgeball and that was just really just me and some of my friends throwing whatever balls we could buy at target at each other like a bunch of idiots but we did get a couple of games going because we were we were such a weird group back then once the movie came on, it became a lot more official. And so just to, man, to go from that and, and just think back to those nights, like, man, I have no idea what's in store for me. Um, I don't, I don't get that feeling so much. Cause I, I, I know at some point my body's gonna be like, dude, you need to stop. Like it's over, <laughs> like relax. But, uh, I feel like there's still a lot of people that are going to experience that. They're going to look back to now five ten years from now and just be like man i can't believe how far i've come or i can't believe what um memories i got to experience so it's exciting and it's good to see that there's just people that still believe in it enough that they will dedicate their time and their sanity to making things these things happen and uh yeah, who knows what we'll be in three to five years but um definitely still feels like it's it's moving along in, in, a, in a good way and um, speaking of like variations and evolution, do you have a favorite ball type? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, no sting in 8.5 will always have a special spot in my heart because that's like what I started with. Um, each one has its own, each one has like things that I like about it. So, you know, for instance, 8.5 is, it's like super satisfying to like hit and catch, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like you hit somebody and you, you hear it, you know, you hear it ricochet off somebody and it's like, boom, right in the chest, you know? So, um, same thing with no sting to a degree. Um, no sting is like that happy medium, um, foam. I like foam because the, you can, you can really like make it move funky. You know, like you can really put a good spin to it to where it can move. Um, and then with cloth, cloth is interesting. I, you know, the, the, the whole game is definitely different. Um, cloth is a little bit, uh, a little bit more strategic. Um, the grip is, is tough for a lot of people. Um, so it's it's an equalizer 
So yeah. I like that aspect of it because you could be good at one ball type, but then when you get to cloth, it's like a totally different, you know, feel. Yeah, cloth is. I'm just gonna say what I feel. Cloth is whack. Like it's just so. I think I'll get used to it, but like I don't know. Like I I, I tried. So I haven't I haven't played dodgeball since December, and my really good friends, uh, Chad and Tyler decided that they wanted to, to, to slowly start to build up for <clears throat> nationals and whatnot. So it was me, Chad, Tyler, and Alan playing cloth. And I was like, well, I haven't really moved these muscles in a long time. And, you know, I need some, some cardio and I just want to kind of get out there again. And so my first experience after not playing for like seven months was cloth. And I just already was going to be a fish out of the water, but holy crap, that ball is, <laughs> that ball is unique. Um, I think I could see the fun in it. Uh, I, I've played with that kind of ball before in the past um, in San Diego, and um, but different different style. I, I I think it's like a nightmare to ref though, because there there'd be so many times where I could have sworn I hit somebody because of the sound it makes. And I was like, well, if I was a ref, I'd call that guy out. So this oh man, this is this is wild. Um, but obviously you're you're pretty good at it if you got selected for the uh, the practice team, right? I mean, you've, you've taken a, a liking to it, or you're you're able to to adapt your skills to it. You know, I think it's it's like a it's like a in my opinion and for me it's a easy transition from 8.5. You know, because if you're if you're used to like throwing a smaller ball, it's lighter. Um, you know, the, the your grip on it is probably a little bit more comfortable. Um, you know, when you go to a bigger ball, it's definitely going to take an adjustment, right? But I would say I don't think it's quite the same as 8.5. I think 8.5 is like slightly bigger, uh, but I just feel like you can run people down a little bit more <laughs> <laughs> in cloth, <laughs> you know? So I like that aggressiveness of it. Like, Well, give, give me, give me some time and I might be able to be somewhat competent at it, but um, yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing how you fare on the, uh, the practice squad and seeing how that evolves. And I'm pretty sure I'll be watching some, some cloth games, uh, at nationals in September, but, um, kind of, kind of switching gears a little bit. Uh, did you have any role models growing up? Growing up? Mm-hmm. Um, I would just say like my, you know, it sounds like real, uh, it sounds kind of lame, but like, uh, you know, my, my parents, my parents were great role models. Um, you know, I was adopted and from a young age, I was raised by like loud Italian New Yorkers named Salamone. <laughs> it's Italian. Um, so, but they, they were hardworking people. Um, so my parents were probably my greatest influencers, um, taught me good morals, things like that. And just always taught me to like, like always supported me going for like what I wanted. They never like held back on things. Nice. Um, do you have a favorite superhero or fictional character? (laughs) No, (laughs) no, I don't. No, um, you know, it's, it's crazy because like, I don't, you know, I had surgery that put me out for like much longer than I thought it would be. I thought it'd be maybe two weeks. It was like, 
a good eight weeks and I'm still probably, I'm probably still not a hundred percent to be honest. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm getting out there and, um, I, so I, my point is, is that like, it kind of made me sit down and like stay busy being still, <laughs> you know? So I got into some TV cause I don't, I don't really sit around and watch TV a lot. Um, but this kind of forced me to, <laughs> and so I got into some shows, um, but nothing like that. I could say like, Oh, this is my favorite character, you know? Hmm. Um, I got into like house of dragons. I got into, um, it was like this, uh, this, um, like this Danish international spy, uh, you know, thriller series that I got into, um, so nothing that really like sticks out. No, no superheroes. For some reason I was picturing house of the dragon. Um, did you ever watch game of Thrones? You know, I only saw like maybe up to like the third season on a deployment and then like I lost track of it. Mm. And then I skipped to like the seven, like the, I think it was seven seasons. Oh, no. <laughs> I like skipped a bunch of it and then saw like, like the sixth like episodes of the sixth season. So I was like everywhere with that. So I, I would honestly say no. The train wreck <laughs> that it became. Oh man, that <sighs> I read the books while I was, uh, my first deployment and I just remember like, I threw my book down during one of the scenes. I was like, no, and I just like slammed it. And my friend's like, uh, Hey Damon, you, you okay? I'm like, all my friends just died. This is bullshit. You know, I was just really upset, but man, I love that show. And I was, I was really excited when they came out with uh, house of the dragon and I'm just like, yeah, I'm ready to get hurt again. Cause why not? But, um, <laughs> yeah, season two, I'm, I'm like waiting for it. Okay. So you're, you're, you're into it then you're, you're enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, I saw like the whole thing. I mean, I like binge watched it. That's all I could do. <laughs> yeah, I guess you didn't really have you a know, choice. So, <laughs> so that that maybe because I I did want to ask this one, and maybe this doesn't fit the bill. But um, and if you're willing to share this, of course. But what was the most difficult moment that you've overcome, either in dodgeball or just in life? If you want to share that. Um. <laughs> You want to know, and, and you, you like would probably understand this probably the most. Um, but like getting out of the military was probably one of the toughest things for me um, because it didn't really happen on my own terms. Mm. So the transition to like a regular civilian life was really tough. Um, it felt like everything was going 100 miles per hour, and then all of a sudden it was zero. And I really had to start like from scratch. Like I had no financial plan. I had no, you know, job lined up or anything like that. So I really just like built myself over, you know, and I was going through a lot of like turmoil. Um, you know, I like was holding myself accountable over just mistakes that I've made. Um, so it was, it was like a tough transitional time for me. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I really like from, from education to job to having to just, you know, move around and, and just, uh, climb. It was like, it that transitional period was like growth for me. 
and it really had I really had to just like hone in and focus and and knock out what I needed to do. Um, nobody was gonna do it for me. Nobody was gonna you know be on me about it. You know, like I had to like you know self start on like every aspect. So that was something that I overcame. Yeah. And just transitioning out of uniform to just total the total unknown. Yeah, no, I mean, and if I may, I mean, just just from the outside looking in, seems like you're you nailed it, like you're you're killing it. Um, that may be so bold, it looks like you actually enjoy what you do. So that's a huge win for anybody. And then just being able to kind of live this life that, you know, helps you remain very active and lets you engage in something you love to do and travel. I mean, um, you know, you obviously hear horror stories about people that just can't make it or they, they don't find that internal strength to, to keep pulling themselves forward. And, um, I know, like, I know this is really a really personal question, but this was definitely one of my my favorites but um one of the reasons why i really like doing the podcast and why i'm okay with them being as long as they can be is because it it just shows the other person you know take away the uniform take away the knee pads take away the really cool highlight videos and you, you see a human being and you understand a little bit what they're going through what what they've gone through to get to where they're at and um you know i at the, at the risk of sounding how it's going to sound like a lot of people will reach out and they'll say, you know, when so-and-so said this, it struck a chord or, um, you know, it happens all the time. And I really like being able to share that because you don't know what your experience can do for others. And so, um, you know, you had that moment with me even when I dropped my episode, um, a couple weeks ago, like that really did help me validate how I was feeling. So I really appreciated that. But, uh, what, um, if you don't mind me digging just a little bit deeper with you, like how did you just know to keep going like you said you know you told yourself no one's going to help you you got to do it yourself but like any like um... like uh i think like for my my whole my whole motivation was um and my mindset it's all mindset you know was to bounce back stronger yeah like this didn't pan like not the timing my every everything about timing in the military was never on my side (laughs) there were things just out of my control that like just it didn't it didn't go well you know and um i was doing well in my career uh, in the military um to get orders as a you know as an rdc as a drill instructor you kind of had to be like hot in your career to go from the naval academy to that i was supposed to go out back to sea to get two land-based back-to-back orders like you know i was i was doing really well but um you know, the transition, I think, um, it, it just kind of, it made like just the, the, the bounce back stronger, like that end goal. I didn't know exactly where it was going to lead me, but I knew that like, there was something better out there. Like, and I was like, I was on my grind for a good, like probably six, seven years. And I'm, I'm like, still not comfortable, <laughs> you know, like I'm at a good level, but like, I'm, I'm still not comfortable. And that's just my mindset. Like 
like I've always carried that over. Like don't get too too complacent. I was gonna say you probably use that as as fuel. Like you don't want to be comfortable for too long. Like you want to be uncomfortable and adapt and adjust and come back stronger because of that, right? Yeah, I mean that's one way to do to go about it. You know, like adversity it can like make you shift. You know, so but it doesn't always have to be negative. Um, like I said before in the very beginning, like I'm at a at a place where like I'm good. You know. But like, where do I go from here? Like, I kind of set out a goal. I reached it as far as like my job. And then now I'm just like, well, now I might need to, I might actually need to take a step back to get a better long-term, you know, accomplishment. If that makes sense. Like on a government scale from a, I'm a 13, five. Nice. I might have to drop. I might have to drop down to a nine to get like uh, an awesome retirement and just work my way back up in like three years. Am I willing to take that cut? You know, that's kind of where I'm at now. Cause I'm, I'm like hit a ceiling. I'm like, all right, I'm, I can do my job in my sleep, you know? So it's like, what's the challenge, you know, like, I'm, that's kind of, that's kind of what I question. Like I could coast, that'd be easy. Right. But you know, <laughs> nobody likes easy. What's that? Where's that going to get me? <laughs> you know, how am I going to grow as a person? You know, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. The same thing can be can be applied to to dodgeball. You know, um, last year I got invited to the combine. Um, just to be invited was was an honor, and then when I didn't make it, um. You know, it like I won't lie with it, like um, it kind of like took the wind out of my sails of playing for a little bit. But then like I kind of had to find. Find my hunger again, I'm just like, well, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, like there's still half the year left, you know, like um, so that's what motivated me to be, you know, here's the new goal. I'm going to go to every region and and go for a medal. And that's what I did. <laughs> So from there on is like when I determined, you know what? And then that kind of like made me travel more. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I want to, I want to go back to your, your comment about being a, an RDC. Like, yeah, you would have to be a, a Sierra hotel to be able to instruct other people and, and uphold like the, um, you know, the standards of the institution onto these fresh kids that have no idea what, what they're going through. So that, that in and of itself, had to have been a pretty good compliment and um the whole goal thing I, I totally get that and hitting that ceiling and uh i think i hit mine a little too hard and um just kind of kind of listen to you talk is like oh, okay maybe i need to look at this a little bit differently in certain ways um but maybe, maybe that's where i'll buy the beer next time we have our little, little <laughs> hangout session <laughs> couple of, of themes to talk about there um and, and for, for the sake of dodgeball what uh do you have a <laughs> do you have a pre-game ritual oh pre-game ritual or um, superstitions you know, or for me no i'm not a superstitious person but like you know for me it's always um you know i've learned what's good and what's not obviously um for me um, I've chosen 
not to try and be functional on alcohol. Um, I don't drink a lot. I think I did all my drinking in the Navy <laughs> and in my twenties. Um, so like that, that lifestyle for me, pregame and even postgame, especially if it's like a more than a one day tournament, like that's like a no go for me. Um, only because like, I want to be at my peak performance. I'm not trying to have any other, other thing. Like, you know how, you know, you got some pool players they they become sharks when they, they get some alcohol in them, <laughs> you know, yep. like, I don't want to be like that. I want to be just solid off of just, just me. Right. Um, so pregame, I actually, I really like to run. Um, so I will try to get some sort of form of activity. It also helps me like warm up my muscles a little bit before going to the game. So like if I'm at a hotel with a gym, I might hit the gym up a little bit and just do some cable work, do some pull-ups, do some something like something active like that. And then also just like not a full on workout, but just something enough to like kind of get moving a little bit. Yeah. You get know? the blood flowing. Um, and it, it depends on like when I fly in. Cause like sometimes it's a really late, check-in um and depending on my energy what type of tournament it is like i would just look at okay is this a is this a two-day tournament is this a you know like if it's if it's just one day then yeah i could probably swing doing a little bit more like running a little bit and and the lift before so i i, I usually just work out um just simple usually just work out listen to music uh pre-game i like to just have you know some snacks. Um, I don't eat too much during playing. I don't like having a full stomach during playing. I usually like skip breakfast anyway on a normal basis. Um, I'm, I'm kind of inconsistent with my diet, but um, as far as like routine and regimen, like I try to still keep that even if I'm, I'm traveling because it's that much harder to do it. Like once, once I get back <laughs> home. <laughs> so if I keep, if I keep it within even my activities, like, like even if I'm on vacation, not dodgeball, like, uh, if I'm just on vacation, I'll try and fit a run in. I'll bring some running shoes. Nice. But it's not going to be like going for a, a record or anything. It's just like enough to, you know, feel, feel sufficient. It could be a mile, it could be three, but it's, it's enough to feel sufficient, warmed up and ready to go. And then uh, music, music always helps me. Um, I don't know. I like music. I'm, I'm always listening to music. Um, um, I was like checking out like different headphones, earbuds, things like that. I haven't done it in a while, but um, so I've gone through numerous um, peripheral, but I like to listen to music. I like to, I like to hear what other people hear. I, I, sometimes I like ask people what they're listening to just to see if I can get new music. <laughs> Some people listen to podcasts, um, but I listen to music to just kind of get me pumped. Any specific Or songs? just like, like, like lower my nerves. No, I mean, I like all my music. Some of it's like EDM. Some of it's uh, rap and hip-hop some of it's um rock r&b some of it's from the 60s you know so it's like a variety of music for sure that's funny there's like that entrance music that entrance music like like when it's like wwe (laughs) (laughs) or like when you're like going up to bat (laughs) 
It's funny. I've been, uh, <clears throat> it happens every now and then. I'm, I, I get on like a little 60s music kick. Been listening to, uh, oh man, I forgot the name. Run Around Sue for some reason. Like, just like that kind of style of music that, that'll just show uh-huh. up every now and then. But, um, I'll have to send you some Tron music because that, that always, like, I can't say as a soon to be 40 year old man, it gets me going, but it's like, I used to love that 10 years ago. Just, I'd get, like, I just want to get out of the car and start running now. And, uh, that's definitely like my running music. But, um, you say like a light music? Yeah, like, uh, Daft Punk. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen nice. the movie Tron, but they, oh God, it's such a great soundtrack. But, um, yeah, you said like a, a light workout is a one to three mile run. That's, that's just to get you going. Jesus. I mean, like a jog, not like still me going for like, like a good time. It's like enough to just kind of like, all right, I'm warm. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, that's what happens. Like if you do it every day, it becomes a habit, you know, so it's like a regimen for me. So like that, that's like normal it becomes your norm. Yeah, no, that's, well, you run every day, right? I try to, yeah, for sure. I try to. It's like, you know, the only time I get my peace, because, like, my day starts at the same time, but it never ends at the same time. Mm. And I don't know how, like, stressful it's going to be. Like, it could be, you know, I'm dealing with you know, some some punk or I'm dealing with somebody with no regard for life. You know, like, it, it, it just kind of varies. So... I don't know, like, once I'm, once I'm, like, dealing with that, I don't know how I'm going to feel, how drained I'm going to feel afterwards. So you just get out of the way in the morning? Yeah, exactly. And then it kind of just keeps my momentum going. Nice. Yeah, I, I do uh, my Monday, Wednesday, Friday lifts in the morning with that reason. It's like at least the physically hardest thing I've got to do is over with. So especially, uh, especially late day on Monday, it's like the worst part of my week, but, uh, really it's the best part of my week. I had a feeling you're going to say something like that. Psycho. Just yeah, like if I, if I, I know I am kind of like, I don't know, it, it rubs people the wrong way, you know, like, I, I don't know why, but like, this is just me in my mode. But, um, if I, if I have a Monday, like the rest of the week is like kind of like down for me like i'll try to like bring it up but monday's like like it's like the kickoff point like yeah you know it's like when a swimmer is jumping into their lane if they get that strong jump that strong dive they're going to be flowing through the rest of that lane on that lap but if they get like it jump (laughs) you know that lap is going to be it's going to be a little bit less than what they're capable of. Yeah, no, I until you get that. And that's why Monday's late day. Cause it's just like, this is the hardest thing you gotta do all week. So, and I've missed it before and I psychologically just have a bad week. Um, I try to make up for it on Tuesday, but usually it's like, no, I, I need to start this week correctly. And I got to do that with legs and I don't, I don't mind it. Like, I don't mind working them, but just for some reason, my trainer just destroys them. Like, every day has been excruciating, and I've been doing this for, like, well over a year now. But, I don't know, I, I, I'm just not a, a huge leg dude, but um, 
I think you know I've what's seen... crazy? I never incorporated legs until um, probably until like like COVID and I was going to these tournaments. I wanted to do better. I wanted to be in better shape. COVID made me run longer distances, which also like it like it like cramped up my hips a little bit. So like I needed to like work on mobility there. So it's just like one thing kind of led to another. Right. Like and then, you know, your throwing power is not all your arm. It comes through your legs as well. So it just made sense to just like kind of start working on that. Just beat them. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's probably some more fitness related questions coming up in the, the crowdsourced ones. Um so I'm sure we'll have a chance to dig into those. <laughs> I'm not more. a trainer or anything like that. I'm not like you know, this is just like a a lifestyle, I guess. I think it's just more like how do you how do you do it? But uh, I know I know Jeremy got quite a few in, but I have to get these Markel ones out of the way because. <laughs> <laughs> what was that about? You tell this, me. Does, I love how he's like, "Does the cowboy suck?" <laughs> every every episode. Um, but first, before we address the important question, he does asks. Uh, he does ask, <laughs> "What do you think of that guy, Markel?" <laughs> Markel is so funny. Um, Markel, I love Markel. Markel is very energetic. Um, when I think of him, uh, I think of LA Dodgeball. Um, he was somebody that was, you know, um, with the open gyms. Um, he always had good energy. He's like the Jersey King, you know. Um, I was happy to be a part of that. Give him a give him a goat jersey. <laughs> so Markel is. Um, He's good stuff. I remember, um, was it twenty? Yeah, twenty nineteen nationals in Austin. Had a great time out there, and part of that was when we had the booth. He just hang out with me, and he would show me his jersey collection and like the talk about like the never ending bag of of jerseys. He had like thirty <laughs> of them. Like, Jesus, man! Like, what, what's your closet like? Um, <laughs> But, you know, like all great people, you have to have a flaw and he likes the Eagles. So, I mean, and then he, and then he, then he goes, does the Cowboys suck? And then I'm just like, how dare you, man? Like, but, uh, you're a Cowboys fan. Yeah. I take it. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Um, didn't they, when they won, like, I'm not like huge on football. I actually, back in the day when I was a teenager, I worked for the Ravens stadium in Baltimore. Um, this was before like Ray Lewis caught his charge, but, um, five out of eight Super Bowls, right. Is that like the Cowboys, right? Right. Like, uh, yeah. So, but they were mostly like a nineties team, right? <sighs> I remember hurts. those starter yes. jackets. <laughs> yes. They were mostly a nineties team and some of us have not moved on yet. So <laughs> oh, I hate you, Jerry Jones. They have it. They have a huge following. I know that. <laughs> they do, but the I feel like that's the focus. It's the focus is on the brand, which blows my mind because the brand should be about winning freaking football games, but they they just can't seem to do it. And for some reason, <laughs> I just can't seem to leave them because I am a loyal idiot. And uh, <laughs> you know, I've already I've already dedicated thirty seven years of my life to them. So why why quit on them now? <laughs> You're invested. You're invested. Thanks a lot, Dad. Yeah, that was. In my defense, like as as a as a child, as a baby, um, 
two, three years old, one of my first memories was the Dallas Star, and that is just seared into my corest of core memories. And so I didn't have a choice. Um, Did you grow up in Texas? No, I, I, I was born in Tucson, lived one year in Texas, came back to, uh, to the small town called Rio Rico, which is south of Tucson. Um, <clears throat> but what had happened was my, um, <laughs> this is before the Cardinals were in Arizona, so they're still in St. Louis. And so um, when they'd watch football games, my dad and his brothers would catch the Cowboys because that was just what was, what was aired. And um, this one player, his quarterback, Danny White, came out of Sandy, um, out of, um, ASU for the Sun Devils. And, um, that's just kind of how we became a Cowboys base. Um, had the Cardinals moved to Arizona sooner, I would be a Cardinals fan. And, uh, but unfortunately fate was not on my side and I just, just grew up, grew up and, you know, I Did you say screw up? <laughs> you could argue that yes I, I heard that i heard a fruity and slip like... fruity and slip yeah no that was, that was that's how i really feel um i just remember every every year just <laughs> it's always the same but we just we just can't help ourselves we think it's gonna be different and it's the little definitions you can always, I, be, I even... like, you, you can always be a jets fan <laughs> it, it, that's so that's the thing it could be worse there, there are football teams that aren't even talked about but for some reason most people just like to hate on the Cowboys and they like to hate on people that love the Cowboys. So I just get it twice <laughs> over, but, uh, at least I'm loyal. At least I, I get to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it comes with the territory, right? Yeah. Are, are you a, are you a Jets fan? No, no. Are you a football? Um, do you have a football team? I don't have a, fo if I did, it would be the Ravens just because it's, it was like, you know, going to like training camps, um, but no, I don't. I don't have a a designated football team for me. As long as it's not the Eagles, I'd rather that's... play it. I'd actually rather play it than watch it. Like uh, play some two hand touch rec, like in these like social leagues out here. Every now and then, I get a call from my friend. Hey, are you doing anything Thursday? need another girl for flag football like, nice. <laughs> like okay yeah playing football is fun i love i don't think i'll ever tire of throwing a football it's just one of the most peaceful things you can do <laughs> but uh i actually bought like just a cheapo football to throw around just to kind of have that weight just so a, it is a different it's a different release you know like you you move like you're you're rotating your arm differently and throw it in yep. my opinion do you uh have you ever warmed up with those um during dodgeball or prior to dodgeball because i used to do that no not not prior to like playing dodgeball but like in between i'll like switch it up and just to like have my arm in motion yeah with weight but it depends if i have somebody to throw with and if they can like actually catch and throw because sometimes it gets a little <laughs> not everybody can do that i've learned yeah but you know i mean football is like um football is it's a very physical sport and it's a very like you know there's a lot going on on, on the field at, at the same time so it's interesting 
um, to be able to like move short distances but still get open or move long distances and then I don't know it's it's got its own um, like like dynamics but I didn't I didn't get too deep into it when when it came to um, like being a professional football fan like right. like having a professional team um, I don't know, my my family is more like when you're from certain parts of New York it's uh, I think it's like Mets Jets Islanders. Hmm. And then the other part is uh, Yankees, Rangers, uh, Giants. It's this little division of forces here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. none of them interested me growing up when it came to football. <laughs> gotcha. Well, I love football season. I love fall. I love like yeah, that's all a that. Good, it's good, great season. Yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, does it even get hot? Does it even like stop getting hot in Arizona? It gets less hot. Like, I'm not trying to. Yeah. <laughs> Today was like 112 uh, in October. It'll Ooh. be like maybe a nice chill 80 degrees if we're lucky. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's... in comparison, that, that probably feels really good compared to 112. Oh, yeah. And, and honestly, like 112 feels much better than like 125. I did not know that existed until last year, but... Uh, that's that's wild but um yeah i mean fall is fall is good for us like usually fall through winter is when it pays to be an arizonan right now i think we all question why we live here but usually uh around september it's like yeah this is why we live here because now we can go outside and do stuff and watch and laugh as everybody freezes across the country but uh back to markel and how dare you do this to me so he asks, <laughs> does the Cowboys suck? And I appreciate you that you at least typed it in verbatim. So thank you for that. So you typed in, in Google, does the Cowboys suck? Question mark. And, um, you know, unfortunately you, <laughs> you got some headlines. So why your team sucks. Well, it's obviously not something like, it's something that somebody else has searched as well. Yep. <laughs> Eagles fans. Eagles fans don't have good grammar, but just, uh. <laughs> To add insult to injury, you're just why your team sucks. Twenty twenty one Dallas Cowboys. Your twenty twenty record six and ten. I was so miserable during that time. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll move on. Thanks, Markel, for that. But uh, let's get to some more substantial questions um, with Jeremy Thizzle. So he he says you had a hell of a rookie year, won in all four regions back when that was a thing. What are some of the things that influenced your decision to travel and play throughout the country? We kind of covered that, but if you wanted to just recapture that for him. Oh, J-Biz. Um, love Bizzle. Um, I think, you know, there's a couple things. So first of all, um, I talked about the Combine not making USA and then um, just, um, you know, staying hungry and just, like, not not giving up in that aspect, you know? Um I think the timing that I entered dodgeball, I look at that a lot. And, um, cause like last year, I, I still felt very, I still feel very new, you know, um, the growing sport. Um, I feel like it's almost like I had, I almost felt like I had a makeup for lost time <laughs> hmm. and like get a taste of, you know, what competition was like everywhere. So that's, that's part of it. 
um, some of the things that influenced it was just, um, you know, uh, playing with different people. Um, you know, I told you I was like a free agent. Um, it's like, it's helped me like to just see different play styles, adapt to different play styles um, and teams. Um, so there's that. And it's just like, I, ultimately I felt like traveling would help me like grow as a player. Right. To be, ex to be exposed to, you know, other competitions. If you stay in your area the whole time, I don't feel like you would get, you'll benefit a little bit, but not as much as you could if you went outwards. So that, that, that influenced me because I wanted to get better. Um, and I, I wanted to see what was out there. You know, I wanted to represent the East Coast, uh, you know, whenever I did. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I like how you kind of say, like, you're trying to make up for not lost time, but you're, you're trying to um, go that route. Because for me, like, I'm thinking how much time do I really have left? And I, I was thinking about traveling a lot more and just going into open gyms. Um, you know, maybe, maybe once a month or so. How much time you have left? Uh, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> we, we can, we can talk offline. There's, there's some stuff coming up, but, <laughs> but also I'm like going to be 40. So, I mean, come on, like I, I can't okay. be doing this forever. That's what I thought like you were like, like initially getting at. And, you know, I'll tell you, like I look at, people that are older and that are still playing. And I feel like that like, it ultimately gives me a lot of motivation. Like, you know, there's still gas in the tank for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, age is so much a mindset. And, you know, if you, if you take care of yourself, right. You know, um, like for me, I feel like I'm, I'm like, uh, like I was always athletic growing up. But like now that I'm like a little bit more conditioned, um, I feel like I have a lot more years left to play. You know, I feel like this is just the beginning for me. You know, so but in traveling and entering when I did, I often find myself saying, "Man, I wish I would have found this years ago." <laughs> yeah, I think for for me, like I look at people like Joe Coella. We still say till the wheels fall off. You look at Tim who is, I think he's like 42, 43, a couple years older than me making the practice squad. I get that. For me, it's just, um, when it's not self-induced, um, you know, the mobilization coming up, things just take me out of it where it just, it gets harder and harder to get back into it. So that's kind of why I say like, I, I feel like I'm not running out of time, but just, you know, um, it, it takes a long time to get back into some kind of not even competitive shape, but just to be able to, to survive because these kids are getting younger and scarier. And so there's also that it's like, yeah, I might be, I might be able to move really well for a 40 year old, but also put me against a team of like, who are those twins? The, the, the Paulson brothers. Uh, no, thank you. I don't want to die. So maybe, maybe I'll start like <laughs> a, a senior league of, of 35 and, and above. And, um, because <laughs> yeah I, I definitely agree like if you if you take care of yourself there's you can squeeze as much out of it as you can i just i just know what's coming up on the horizon for me and just thinking okay 
kids are getting faster and, uh, my recovery time is, um, getting longer, but, uh, it's also motivation too. Like I, I am, I'm definitely the kind of guy that will get a good stride and then for some reason something will happen and I'll fall off and I'll have to climb back on again. And I, I, I've learned that I, I love that. I, 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 in a weird messed up way, I kind of live for that because it just, it like kind of like how you how you say like it, it keeps you going, keeps you focused, gives you drive, because you know you can be better and you just have have faith in that. But um, a couple more questions from Bizzle. He kind of kind of answered this one with Edgar, but I'll reask it. He says, "Who are some people you aspire to play with in dodgeball?" Or no, um, oh. okay, I misread that one. But he did ask, "Who are some people you aspire to play with in dodgeball?" So, um. You know, having played in a lot of different, uh, like a lot of different regions, um, I would say first of all, um, in joining teams, you know, and even I've captained some teams before. Um, you know, sometimes it, it can be a little stressful. Um, people dropping out and people, you know, not not committal and things like that. One thing that I don't like doing as a player is being flaky. So if I commit to a team all right, I'll play with you guys. And then it would have to be an extreme emergency for me to like, say, Oh, I'm sorry. I can't like, I was supposed to go to the API. I had a team for, uh, I was going to play on this New Zealand team and I had to drop out because of my surgery. So Hmm. that always sticks with me. And, uh, my first time for playing foam was in 2021 FDC. It was the, um, I didn't know at the time um, it was like the last tournament of the year. And I think um, I originally was going to play with um, Kathleen Martinez, his team. Hmm. And then I had to pull out because, well, I pulled out because um, I didn't commit because I had a work trip in Texas and I was just like, I don't want to keep going to Texas back and forth, back and forth. But then last minute I found out, Oh, this is the last tournament of the year. So then I like ended up on a team, but then I always felt bad because, um, you know, I originally said, Hey, yeah. (laughs) So that's somebody that like just off principle. Um, so Kathleen Martinez, I also, would aspire to play with, uh, some Canadian players. Uh, there's a Canadian player, um, Katie Brady, uh, super cool. Um, really nice. Has a firearm. Um, met her at, uh, Westerns. I went to Westerns this year. Um, there's also, uh, Taylor. I don't even know if I'm saying her last name correctly. Taylor Renee. Uh, but I think she's Canadian. Um, she just always just seems pretty cool. Um, you know, so I, as far as like aspiring to play just people that I haven't played with before. Gotcha. Um, there's teams that are already established, you know, I get that, um, at the combine, they kind of, I I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about, they break you up into different teams to play with. So there's people that I've never played with before that I had a pretty, uh, good experience with, but I don't know if I'd ever like play with them in the future. Gotcha. Um, never thought about like on the international scene, but 
I'm, I'm sure there's there's probably gonna be more people that come to mind um just as you progress in your career and travel and get more experience playing um it's a pretty cool question actually thanks bizzle um so the one i thought he had asked that i unfortunately already answered was who are some of the people that influence you and maybe he doesn't mean just dodgeball just in general if you want to take that one um well you know i mean let's talk dodgeball um because i think before i like kind of made it personal was saying like you know my parents have always been a good influence but as far as like people that have influenced me in dodgeball um whether they know it or not like i will always take uh, as I said before, critique always stands up over praise, you know, praise is nice, but you know, you only learn from some constructive criticism, I guess, you know? Right. Um, so one of the people, um, like I'll take little bits of people. I might not have in-depth conversations with everybody, but I'll always take what I can and soak it up like a sponge. Uh, so some things that kind of stick out for me, um, in just helping me become like a, uh, just a, a better player, I guess. Um, one thing I remember back in the day when, um, Casey and Billy lived on, in, uh, I think they were living in Maryland. Um, I remember, you know, Casey, Casey Moses, uh, in a tournament, he was like, you know, you, you can throw, it'd be cool if you could catch, you know, he's just real casual with everything. Right. You know, he is. And, and, you know, that kind of stuck with me and it actually, um, it made me like try to be a little bit more balanced in that respect. Um, I remember, um, you know, um, I was speaking with, uh, Dylan, Dylan Cruz, um, he's out in Long Island. And I just remember I was talking to him like at the, at like one of the, the social things after the tournament. And he was just like, you got to make them pick you. <laughs> I just remember that, like, hmm. that that grit is just, you know, it stuck with me, you know. Um, and then um, and there's other other things that I'll take, um, like, from – I played with um, Alex Gardner and MJ in Sin City. And, you know, I always liked how – I like how um, analytical and observant – Alex was, um, you know, it, it was even just briefly, like I take in a lot more than people really realize. Um, MJ was like, you know, you know, let your team know what you're doing, <laughs> you know? So sometimes it, it made me realize, you know, you can't be like, can't be like a rogue player out there. You know, but I had a really good experience playing with them, um, in Sin City. And then, um, even the, uh, team captain, we were just talking right before this podcast, um, but team captain for Boom Shakalaka Karina, she also made the practice squad. Um, but she was just, you know, I remember just even before before I even played uh, with with Boom this year, was, um, you know, just the confidence in. She's just like, you know, basically, you know, they're gonna put respect on your name. Like, <laughs> nice. just be confident in your game. Um, so this this little tidbits that I'll take from people that have like, that have stuck with me. So those are just to name a few. I also like, um, Lucas, Lucas out of Seattle. He's a very positive role model. Um, he's somebody that, um, it's just a good human being, 
um, reached out to me a couple times during my uh, recovery from surgery, and you know that that meant a lot. You know, um, good guy. Yeah, Lou has a really good good way of. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's like he's got a a sixth sense for it. He'll reach out to you when when you need it. He um, actually wrote me some letters while I was overseas. That was that blew my mind. Um, I always appreciate that of him and pretty much anything he does and very positive guy. Um, let's see. So here, here's, here's, I'm glad Dizzle asked this cause I, I was going to ask this like immediately, but I decided to, to wait cause I had a feeling we'd get into it. He says, uh, judging by your Facebook stories, you were always on the go running, playing dodgeball, food, work. You seem to never stop. My question <laughs> is, do you have a battery pack strapped on you that is always at hundred percent or you just choose not to rest? So <laughs> let me just say yeah. one thing about like Facebook. <laughs> Facebook for me is like very vanilla. Um, it's just the, I would hope that whenever somebody is looking at a story, they're just kind of like tapping through tap, 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 like that. You know, so that way, yeah, yeah that's kind of how I would, I would look at a story, but I kind of post just like little glimpses of my day and through COVID, it would just became so, um, so much more the focus because there was so much negativity in like the news, like everywhere you turned, it was just like negative. There was so much going on then. Right. So that just kind of like helped me. <laughs> so that's just like side note about Facebook stories, you know, obviously if you, if you saw half of what I don't post, like that'd be like nuts, but right. um, I'm a very visual individual anyway. And then it helps me actually, I like, I like Facebook because it helps you like look back. There's a lot of cyclic synchronicities that have happened that I've realized and recognized. Not quite sure what to do with, but um, it's interesting. But to answer the question, battery pack, um, or do I choose like not to rest? Um, no, I mean, you know, uh, I just have a lot of energy. I don't know. Um, I'm very regimented. Uh, there are times where, you know, I will like stop, recharge, <laughs> so to speak, you know, um, it is about balance, but I do tend to like keep things moving and that's just my style. Well, it's definitely, um, uh, I feel you on the, uh, on the stories I started posting those on Instagram and uh, I don't know people like watch them. So sometimes I look and I'm like, Oh crap, people are watching this nonsense. So I started dropping memes and I don't know. I just like to, if I made you laugh, then cool. But um, <laughs> what I appreciate is, is, you know, I'm up at four 30 in the morning, most mornings. I'm like, uh, I don't want to be up. I got to do stuff. And I see you've already like completed your run. I'm like, ah, I better go because, you know, Casey's already out there <laughs> freaking killing it. So might as well just I get feel it like, yeah, I feel like I live a whole life before, before I go to work, you know? So, yeah. um, and, and if it helps motivate people, like I've had a lot of people reach out to me and just message me, and ask me different questions about that, you know? So, um, yeah, if it helps motivate people, you know, I would look at it as a positive. Yeah, I, you never know. I mean, um, you, you never know who's watching and, and who 
you know, sees that and rolls her eyes and like, oh, there, there they go again. Or yeah, that's awesome. Right. I want to get into it. And, um, yeah, you just, you never know who's watching. So it's kind of cool to see it. I definitely, I definitely rest when I need to though. Like I, I've learned to like listen to my body, but it is such a, uh, it's such a routine for me that like, I mean, I, when you remember when I said, um, when I was meeting a lot of people from dodgeball for the first time and everybody was adding, you know, as a friend and stuff, I like literally made a post and was like, Hey, if you've added me, you've added a very boring person. Like <laughs> all I'll post is like, you know, running. I was thinking even just making it just purely running, but like running workouts, my dog, now it's just like dodgeball stuff too, um, incorporated into that, but food, sunrises, sunsets, things like that, <laughs> you know? So like, I'm a pretty like boring person. <laughs> it's, it's a, I consider it kind of boring. <laughs> I don't, I don't mind it, mind it on my timeline. My timeline is mostly dark vet, vet humor memes. And then <laughs> sometimes you'll, your, your fitness post will come up, come up like the, um, uh, the one where you're stretching and it's nice and cloudy and like, Oh, must be nice. And like dying out here in the freaking the weather here. So, um, one thing I always like wanted when I was younger was to see the city skyline, you know? So I always look at that as like, just being thankful to see another day because it was a goal from like such a, like, like being a kid hmm. that I would, I would never think I'd be able to be in a position in life where like I could live comfortably. I mean, this is a really like expensive area. It, it, it's making me move basically, um, in the future, but you know, like I'm thankful for the, the ride here, you know, I'm going to ride this way for as long as life takes me, I guess. It's a cool way to look at it. And you just kind of gave me a question that few people will, will be able to answer. Um, of all the places you've been to, what is the coolest place you've ever worked out to or worked out in? Oh, that's a good question. Let me think, you know, in living in different places, I've always had to switch up a routine. Um, Maryland has this BNA trail that like, I almost have like an emotional connection. Remember when I said, you know, it was really hard transitioning out. Like I would cry on these runs. Like that's how, how much it was helpful for me. LA had its own, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the strand, but basically it's like the street and the sand. It's like a big sidewalk that runs from, I think like Hermosa beach all the way to Malibu um, with like a little in between of uh, Playa del Rey. And uh, I would bike and run that. Um, so the, the, the music along the beach would put me in a different mode sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but the coolest place probably, um, let's see, probably Denmark. I want to say when I was in Denmark, I, I ran along this like countryside military installation. It was like, it was, um, it was like shaped into like a star. So there were five points to it. And I remember the, um, the guard there, <laughs> he was like this young kid, you know, and then here I am. This is my first experience with the like European military and <laughs> just like, I want a picture with you, <laughs> you know, but I'm here. I am running on this, uh, kind of like hilly 
countryside, but it's like contained. That was a pretty cool experience. Um, and I think it's just like a good way to explore the city. Um, I would say that that would be cool. Um, yeah, that's what sticks out for now. There's probably other things that I'm missing and I just can't think of it right now. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's, uh, trying to think about, I, I have a sentimental track too, but it's just one of those things where you, where you look back and you're like, man, I'm, I'm lucky to have been able to see the things I have and gone to the places I've been. Yeah. So it's definitely uh France and Dublin. I went to Europe last year and they were pretty cool places to run to. Like France was kind of along this uh canal and then uh same thing with Dublin. Dublin like in the city um has some like decent scenery. Like things you would see on like a calendar picture. <laughs> and there you are, just there. <laughs> That's cool. All right, so I think we've got one more crowdsource question from Dan Chamberlain. Uh, I actually just realized I missed very much. Uh, I hope we could see Dan soon. But he says, uh, how does she determine her workout routine? What are her goals for dodgeball season? And probably the most important question, when are you coming back to AZ? So start with the first one. How do you determine your workout routine? <laughs> um, My workout routine will always like, it always be dependent on like what I have going on that day or the following day. So like if I'm maybe I've, like I get to work from home maybe once uh, like every two weeks or something. So if that's the case, you know, it depends on like if I stay out late, it, it kind of just depends on the uh, like energy. Um, I don't have like specific, oh, today's going to be a leg day and today's going to be a, you know, I kind of just like freestyle like what, what I'm in the mood for at the time. Mm. Um, it's always going to be, have some sort of like running. If my say like, you know, if my, you know, leg is sore or whatever, I'll, I'll bike, I'll do some sort of cardio just to kind of keep, get my blood pumping. And then, you know, with, um, with weights, I'll just like, I'm not trying to be like a Ninja turtle out here or anything, you know, but <laughs> I'm just trying to like, I have like, like kind of like little goals, I guess, to, to try and up the weights a little bit each time, but not, it, it takes time for me to like progress that though. So I might have to like fall back one week and then like get myself back to where I was, you know, I'm like at this point right now, I'm trying to like get back to where I was prior to my surgery. Um, I still feel, I feel pretty good, but I still have a little bit to go. Um, just kind of trying not to overdo it. But I determine my workout. Sometimes my workout routine is dependent on the weather too. Um, being on the East Coast, you get uh, lovely all four seasons. So if it's like the lowest degrees I'll run in is like maybe 26 degrees. This is amazing what you get conditioned to, right? Mm. So if it's like 26 degrees out and above, I'll probably still run outside. Um, and hot as well right so if it's like maybe mm, probably like it, had, it would have to be like 90 degrees and below um so it is dependent on the weather as well correct me up with the uh not trying to be a ninja turtle <laughs> it was i haven't heard that in a minute 
Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm not trying to be like a, I commend anybody. I don't, I don't think I, I, I haven't committed a hundred percent to the discipline of the diet portion. I've tried different things to see kind of like what works and nothing seems to be too sustainable for me. So like basically my, my, uh, <laughs> my consistency is there. Sometimes the intensity changes, but my diet can, can definitely be improved as far as like, just like, even before this podcast, I was just eating salsa and chips and that was my dinner. <laughs> like that's no dinner. Like, and then I'll go through periods where like I eat super healthy. So I don't know, like <laughs> it's not, my diet's not consistent enough to to like grow mass, I guess, or <laughs> to do more than what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Like right now I'm actually trying to, I'm not trying to lose weight, but I am, I know I gained a little bit before, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not like super obsessive about weight, but I, I do know, like you can kind of feel when, when you're not like yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Are you, um, but you, you've been on the men. So, I mean, that, is that probably what, what's kind of contributed to that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you would never think like the surgery I had was, um, like uterine fibroid surgery. And it's like, I had like, it was, it was rough. I didn't, <laughs> to be honest, like for me to complain about pain, um, like I like would not wish it on my worst enemy, you know? So, hmm. um, but it took a while to, you you don't realize how much you use your your midsection until you actually like are moving you know <laughs> so i have a whole new respect for like people walking slow especially you know in an area here where people are like they're transiting a lot they're moving they're walking here and there like people get very impatient you know and i'm i'm guilty of it too like hey move you know like get out of the way you know and you know i have a whole new respect for people that have to move slow maybe or maybe they're in their own world for a different reason but you know um so yeah i now i'm moving to where i was but there's still other things that i'm trying to work on to get to where i was pre-surgery hmm I'll consider that next time I'm walking through a crowd and mentally yelling at people for not walking in the in the slow lane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. You never know what people are are going through. Um, what uh, do you have any specific goals for? He says, "What what are her goals for dodgeball season? So maybe just this one until September, I guess." So individually like as a player um i would like to throw harder um i think like i'm an accurate thrower but i think um you know i could throw harder if i worked at it um what was the wake-up call for that was like at the combine last year um you know when they part of it was like a throwing test and um when they give you your scores, well, I, I had to reach out and ask for my scores. Um, so they don't, I didn't get it. Like and they do it in comparison. So I wasn't, I wasn't exactly like where I thought I was, you know? So it was, it was kind of like a wake up call. Like, Hey, that you, you could improve on this. 
So that's a that's a goal. The other goal is to play uh, more cohesively. Um, when like I'm on the court um, and play internationally more. Um, I think, you know, it started out strong. I played in Westerns. I played actually in the Barry. Uh, so both sides of Canada. I was invited to this, uh, this law enforcement one, but then I had to drop out of that one in um, like the top, top part of Canada. I forget which part of that was, but um, I was committed to that. And then I think you had to be a Canadian citizen come to find out. So I had to drop out of that one. And then, um, so to play like internationally more, like I played in Denmark. Um, I was supposed to go to API. So I, I, I missed out a little bit, but I think that like, you know, there's more out there. So maybe next, maybe next API I can make it, but as far as for this season, um, hopefully maybe make some more tournaments uh, internationally. You could definitely see that. Work on uh, cloth. Uh, or work on the cloth. Um, the cloth kind of like I call it the goalie throw, you know, like when you throw a sidearm. Right. I'd like, I'd like to get a, a sharper angle on that instead of just doing overhand throw. And then also I'd like to work on um, – the rush, you know, as fast of a runner as I am, it's, it's harder to contain it when was it like a, you know, 25 foot section that you're running in, you know, like, right. <laughs> so I'd like to work on my rush, uh, a little bit more, especially, you know, with cloth, there's like three rushes going on on. So I think, is it, is it 25 feet? to get a diagram but um <clears throat> i mean that's i imagine that i mean yeah even even in foam no sting it's it's very very important that you get that pitch back before the other team does so definitely a good a good thing to be able to offer to your team um i think the most important question is when do you come back to az oh that's a good question <laughs> um i missed i missed the round in Arizona this year because my mom had surgery. So I had to, had to attend to that. And, um, it would probably be, you know, another round of USA. So probably next year. Well, I heard they had a, uh, they had a Harry Potter tournament. I was, you know, uh, going to say that, but I don't, I don't, um, I was supposed to go last year. Jen, Jen Woodley invited me and then, I don't know what happened. I think the the flight was super expensive. I think that's what happened. Arizona is like not cheap for me to get to. Huh. Um, the only reason I was out there before um, was because um, of work. So work paid for that trip. <laughs> work paid work paid for that that uh, drop in to the, to your league. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of a better reason than work related to to come out and play. So. Um, I'm hoping, I'm trying to think of tournaments that come up that the Harry Potter one is definitely a, a fun one. Um, I want to say 
there might be another dodging for wishes charity tournament which is pretty fun but again they're 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 more on the fun side so you know it had to be for recreational purposes for you to want to to come out but um if you'd have to choose one i would i would definitely recommend the, the harry potter one that is a that's a really cool phoenix thing or cactus thing so but um let's see yeah i would like to play with um they got a lot of good talent in arizona too i'm gonna say we have the best Just no argument there <laughs> <laughs> a little biased um let's see I think I'm probably just going to wrap this up with um, two more questions, and that is, uh, do you currently have a career highlight for dodgeball, and if so, what is it? Um, well, you know, I mean, I was kind of mentioned before, but overall, like, I, like not a specific play, but like just overall, just the the grind of traveling last year. Um it was kind of like a rookie year for me. So that in itself making pretty much every round. Um, I think there was one South round I didn't make and one or the, the North rounds. I made one North round um, and getting a medal out of each round. And that was a goal that I have originally like, or that I set out to do. And like, I got to complete that. So that for me personally was like a pretty cool accomplishment. Um, and even just being invited to the combine um, and, you know, I haven't, I haven't played long, but um, to be recognized like that, um, it was a good honor and being new to, to the scene. It was a, it was a really nice honor. Nice. And hopefully, you know, being with the practice squad as well this year, it's another honor um you know and see where that goes it's exciting yeah i definitely would say uh the future's bright and uh obviously you don't need to be told to take care of yourself but obviously if you keep doing that um i imagine you know if we ever were to talk again in a year or two a couple seasons from now still doing this uh probably have some more highlights for you to talk about but uh sounds like you're just really just getting started in other words but um yeah, I feel that. Um, and on that note, what does life what does life look like after dodgeball? Have you even considered yeah. that? You know, I know it exists. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy? Um, the surgery that I had this year actually took me out. Like I literally, I meant, I mentally had to check out of dodgeball. Um. Just because of, you know, I had so much FOMO. <laughs> I probably, I returned to dodgeball probably sooner than I should have, but um, no regrets at all. Uh, but I think the after, life after dodgeball would be like me not being able to move the way that I would find satisfactory to play, you know? Um, life after dodgeball would be maybe other priorities would have to you know, take over, um, maybe like, I don't know. It's hard to say at this point. Um, I'm not, I'm not planning that far ahead at this point. <laughs> like gotcha. I said, I just got started. <laughs> <laughs> Life after dodgeball would be like, I don't know, me 
me on the other side of the world for, for whatever reason. Uh, you know, that's a very like loaded and broad question. <laughs> yeah, I used to. I can't answer. I, I don't have a specific answer right now. The, I think maybe that's just the answer is it's too, it's too <laughs> far to even consider. So that's a. Uh... I would love to open up a league if I was still in Jersey because it's like really hard to get venues out here. Um, you know, I would love to coach like little kids. I think that would be fun. Yeah, that's kind of where where my head's going. Um, depending on how my life situation pans out, I might, uh, since there's an intermediate league, or, or division, I might consider maybe just assembling new kids that have some kind of aspirations to at least try it and then introduce them to dodgeball in hopes that they'll get plucked up by uh, the more competitive teams. Just kind of thinking about that the last few days. Um, yeah, dodgeball is very, very hard to stay away from. So It's definitely a good segue. Like You, you definitely have a good community out there to, to be able to segue that. I can't speak for every other region on that note, you know, but from what I've seen, maybe I don't know about it, but as far as like being out there in Arizona, that's like totally doable. Oh yeah. It's doable. And I, and just the, the very brief reintroduction to dodgeball I got this past Sunday, I, I saw it in some of the players. I'm like, Hmm, there's a, uh, a lot of hunger here. So, I mean, obviously could probably keep talking to you for like another hour easily. Um, definitely gonna take you up on that beer at some point. I don't know if I'll see you in nationals, but sooner rather than later. Um, normally I would use a section for shout outs, but I, I did want to just, you know, shout out to you for, you know, reaching out to me and I'm not going to reiterate what you said, but, um, you know, after dropping that episode, um, a lot of really awesome people reached out to me and you're, you're one of them. And it's, it's been, um, the difference between night and day. Um, so I really appreciate you for that. And, you know, I know we kind of maybe joked about it with your Instagram stories and or not Instagram stories, your Facebook, uh, stories and stuff, but I find you as a very motivating individual. Um, I'm jealous of your batteries. Um, but it, it's cool seeing somebody out there just constantly getting after it. So, um, you know, kudos to you. And, um, you know, that did remind me of, um, something to ask you and that was your, your Instagram. So you're, you're on Instagram now, right? You actually chose a, a nickname <laughs> or a handle. Oh God. Instagram. Yeah. Um, I almost are, let that I, slip. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Instagram. I wasn't, I was on Instagram. I just never messed with it. And then like, I guess with the whole, I like how they're doing the reels uh, contest because a lot of people do take um, footage and stuff like that. And there's there's a lot of cool uh, plays that people do make that you don't get to see because either you're playing or you just don't know about, you know. So I do like how they're incorporating that this year. And uh, the only way you could do it, because I had um, Rebecca reach out to me, Rebecca Fortin reach out to me. So I had posted something on Facebook. I was like, it was just like a just like a basic compilation from like Austin of myself, but um, it, it was more so about uh, this other girl who made a, a really good play. Um, 
that I wanted to like highlight. And I even reached out to her and asked her if it was okay, but I did it over Facebook. And then they made it to where, oh, you, it has to be over IG. And with IG, I didn't really have, I wanted to just basically start fresh and make a, make a, a profile specific for like those type of, you know, if it has to be over IG, okay, here it's covered. Right. Um, but I've, I've yet to like navigate through it and, and see the interface for it and just kind of like, like I said, I had, I had one, there's probably like nine pictures up. <laughs> That's like how minimal I used it. And then, so I made one specific for dodgeball and the name. Um, I was kind of trying to come up with a name, but like, cause that's, that's originally the reason why I never messed with it. It was like, I didn't feel like committing everybody's nickname to memory. Like Facebook was just easier in that respect, I guess. And then also, you know, just the keeping in touch with people in the military, I guess at the time it was Facebook, but, um, the name actually comes from, uh, playing on asphalt with 8.5 with the crew in New York. And they, all of a sudden it was like a group chat and all of a sudden they would change people's name and i'm like who's no mercy and they're like that's you <laughs> it's like oh right so they they coined me no mercy and then um i guess i just like incorporate that into my actual name like kc so the c part so that's how i came up with that nice so for those listening that want to follow it's uh k no mercy c-a-y no mercy or yeah, C A Y No Mercy. Mm-hmm. Nice, very cool. Well, Casey, it was really awesome talking to you, and I, I definitely appreciate yeah. you know getting to pick your brain a little bit. And uh, yeah, well, like thanks I said, so much for having me. I'm honored. Yeah, you bet. I'm glad I finally got to do this one. It's, I've been it's been on my list for over a year now. So I think what we'll do is we'll go ahead and end the conversation here. Alrighty, so that was my interview with Casey Salamone. And Casey, thank you so much for for being willing to hop on and um, for for still being interested. Because I remember, you know, I, we had mentioned this when you came to visit us um, about a year ago at, at Cactus, and I remember eagerly wanting to interview you and saying, you know, I'll reach out to you at some point. And uh, you know, I never did. And that that's kind of not not the theme of this season for me specifically. I'm not going to speak for Sergio, but for me, it's like, yeah, there's still a lot of people that I didn't get to. And, um, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm not interested in anybody else that would want to be interviewed. That offer is still out there. It's just, um, I feel like I've got some unfinished business. And so, um, there's a couple of you that I will be reaching out to in time to, you know, check that off and, um, I'm going to enjoy it. Like I did enjoy talking to Casey and, um, on a more personal note, um, maybe this is very similar to, uh, depending on when this episode drops in relation to my interview with Joey. But um, I really want to just express a huge um, heartfelt thank you to everybody that reached out to me and kind of just, you know, listened to my sad sob story of an episode and just wanted to make sure I was all right. And, you know, just, just gave the words of encouragement that I, that I eventually realized I knew I needed. And um, it, it's been, life has been great since then. That was, it's a huge weight off my shoulders. Um, and you know, future looks bright and I, I can't wait to share it with anybody that's willing to talk to Oswald with me. So uh, before I get any more sappy, I will leave it at that. Have a great rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and we'll see you next time.
take a quick break because I, I didn't mean to get you on the spot with that one. But and we can skip it if you don't have any. But yeah, I would ask if you have any shout outs and if you want to think about it, then I can go back and re-ask the question. I mean, you know, no one is in particular, um, but the whole community, um, you know, the whole community I would shout out because I wouldn't still keep playing if the, if there wasn't a community, 